Your brand is a foundational element in your business. It defines who you are as a company. At PropLogix, we get a lot of kudos on our branding from our peers in the title industry and wanted to dedicate an episode to talk about what branding means to us and the four principles we think make a good brand. I thought it made sense to invite our CEO, Jesse Bider, and Chief Marketing Officer, Becky Tassel, to share their expertise on the building blocks of branding. I'm Lindsay Gordon, and you're listening to Title Talks, the podcast where you're invited to spend some time with the most influential people in title. Let's get to it. I'm really excited to have my coworkers, <laughs> my bosses, uh, Jesse Bider and Becky Tassel on Title Talks today. We're going to be talking all about branding, how to build a brand that really stands out. And um, for anyone who may not know who you guys are, I want you guys to do a little introduction and tell us about yourselves. Jesse, let's start with you. All right. Well, hello, everyone. Jesse Viter here. I've uh, been uh, the CEO and I'm one of the co-founders of PropLogix. Uh, it's been, what, seven years now. And uh, I started, I was one of those uh, dot-com kids, started a, a business in my parents' basement when I was 19 years old and, and grew that through the automotive industry. I uh, sold that off in 2010 and took a few years off and, and learned about uh, the title industry uh, through some friends who are real estate attorneys and uh, came in and, and saw that there was a need to provide uh, some great uh, due diligence services and, and some technology. And that's what we've built uh, here at PropLogix, and we're just getting started. So uh, having a lot of fun with it. Becky, introduce yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Becky Tassel, the CMO over here at PropLogix. I've had the pleasure of working alongside Jesse for years, and we are incredibly aligned with our marketing strategies and tactics, as well as how we like our employees to be treated within an organization. So it's been the perfect match ever since I came into the company in 2017. And that was the first time I took place in the title and settlement industry, but I've learned a lot since then coming from a marketing background. And um, I've built some great relationships, both going to conferences and trade shows. One of the things we've heard is that people do um, appreciate some of the splashes that we've made and uh, some of the marketing initiatives that we've put together over the course of time. So we thought it would be great to share some of that today. I believe right now, especially after a lot of things have gone remote, um, once we've gotten through this pandemic, a lot of people have stuck in the remote world and digital marketing is more relevant now than it ever has been before. And we've got some um, great tactics that we believe everybody in this industry should know as they grow, we grow with them. And so it's been um, really exciting to work with such a talented team like you, Lindsay, um, to put these things in place over the course of the last five years. So I want to start with like a really basic question. Um, what do you guys, how do you guys define a brand? Like what is branding? What is a brand? Why is it important? Well, for me, very simply, when you close your eyes and think about a company, that's its brand. You know, when you think of Comcast and the wonderful service they provide, that's their that's their brand. And when you close your eyes and think about Apple and uh, the feeling you get when you 
use an Apple product or you shop at Apple or you have an Apple experience, that's their brand. And so, you know, we've worked really hard through the years to create that, uh, you know, wonderful feeling for people that think about PropLogix, not only externally as clients, but also internally uh, as uh, team members. As, as Becky said, we work really hard to create a culture of hard work and fun play and most of us spend the majority of our time working and, and might as well create a place where people want to be. Yeah, I think Jesse hit on it perfectly when he said that emotion that they feel, it's so much more than just a logo or your colors or the fonts that you choose, which can oftentimes be what other people define as branding um, or responsibilities of the marketing team. But the reality is any interaction with a company internally or externally, you know, creates this feeling of, of working with them. And it's so important to make sure that you're making magical moments every step of the way. Yeah, I would also add like, um, along with feeling, it's the thing that helps build trust in an organization. It's like the way they operate, the way they interact with other companies, the way they treat their employees. It's really about like really building trust with other people in the industry too. Okay, so let's say that there's like a title company and they're just kind of starting out on the scene and like how, how can they get some attention on their brand? Um, and what are some of the ways that we, we've done that in the past? Uh, I'm happy to speak to the ways we've done it in the past. And, and maybe, you know, some of our listeners will get some nuggets from that. But when we first started this business, uh, I talked to my partners and, and basically we were just discussing how do we want to, you know, come on the scene. And I basically said, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to be the fun people. And, you know, they thought, well, this isn't necessarily uh, the most exciting industry uh, at times. And I said, you know what, people are people and, and they want to have fun and they want to have a good time. And look, we've we've certainly uh, ran into some folks along the way that don't. And that's fine. They you know don't attend our events or, or perhaps don't even want to use us. And, and that's one thing that's important about a brand is you, you're not going to please everybody. And if you try to or you try to pretend you're something you're not, you're just going to you know put a lot of people off. So we. Uh, really our personalities come out through our brand because we like to have fun. We like to uh, mix and mingle with people. And so we just, we were just ourselves and we went to these shows and we continue to. And, and now that, you know, as we're coming back together again, post pandemic, we'll do more of it, but certainly we, we just express who we are through the events that we throw and, and the way that we treat our clients and, and even our employees events we uh, host internally. And it's, it's just about letting your personality come out, knowing again, that you're not going to please everybody. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, Jesse says we were just ourselves. I I'm going to just call it out. I don't typically wear bright green suits or flamingo suits <laughs> on a daily basis, but um, I love the fact that we showcase who we are, which is that we just don't take ourselves too seriously. Yeah. And if you can have some fun in life, it shows that you really are a true human. And at the same time, you know, there is a place where business needs to be had and conversations um, are focused around serious topics. You know, we want to help grow your business. We do take that very seriously. And to Jesse's point, that's what's shown 
through the service that our employees provide because we've given them such a great experience working for our company. They want to do the same for our customers. And so that branding goes throughout the entire organization. And it starts with being ourselves and humanizing every situation that we participate in. I was going to say, like, people have kind of said that green is sort of synonymous with prop logics. Can you talk a little bit about how, how the color kind of plays into that, Jesse? <laughs> well, when, you know, prior to being prop logics, we were professional lean search. And, and I think there was seven ish people working there when, when I got involved and they had a green logo and uh, it was, if we we're on video. I'd hold up my little uh, picture of it right in front of me here. And uh, it's, um, you know, it's just, we just embraced it. And, you know, again, having a brand, uh, having an identity, uh, you need to look and feel a certain way and you need to be consistent with it. Uh, through the years, uh, especially with uh, you and Becky on the team, you've come to me with ways to, you know, update with the times and, and grow. And, and I think that's important, but at the same time, at your core, you have your brand and every brand's gonna have colors. Uh, every brand's going to have a look and feel to it, and you want to pick that out and stick with it. And of course, it will evolve, but um, but you you know you stick with it. Like we've evolved, our logos evolved, even our name has changed, but we still I like to say we still own green. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, evolution is okay, right? Like you don't, it doesn't always have to be the same. If if your company's growing and changing. Um, you know, as long as I think consistency is is the important part, as long as it's kind of uh, bleeding through everything that you do, then it's going to be something people come to recognize for you, you know, as, as your company. Yeah, Absolutely. and it's it's genuine. I was just going to say, you know, you guys are talking about evolution, and that's exactly what PropLogix has proven to do um, over the course of time. A lot of the big splashes we were making in the beginning and the huge parties, it's not that we're never going to do that again, but there was strategy in that. There was a purpose. We were new in the industry. We wanted to make a splash. Like before people even knew what we did or how good the service was that we offered in terms of being your partner, First, they needed to look in our direction. There was a lot of other vendors out there. And so there was intention in showing up and humanizing ourselves and not taking ourselves too seriously. Because first and foremost, we had to build those relationships. And some of those relationships have turned into 10-year-long friendships where we truly feel like we're doing business under the same roof with some of our customers. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's also about being aware of where your core audience is and like where they're going to find you, you know, like those, those trade shows for us, it may not necessarily be the same if you are a title company and you're going after brokerages or, or if maybe you are going to like big real estate trade shows, you know, it's, it's really about knowing where those people are and like taking advantage of those opportunities to really grab attention, um, you know, because they may not be looking for you online or they may not be finding you on social, but where they do find you is because you had like this standout party or you had this, you know, like knockout booth, you know, on the trade show floor. So I want to segue over into um, education. Talk about some of the things that we do at PropLogics. I know we kind of give away a lot of education to the industry. Why is that? So what are some of the things that we do and why is that something that's so important and such a core part of our brand? Well, well, for gosh, me, I've, 
feel like uh, I could turn this around to you, Linz. <laughs> but go ahead, Jess. Yeah, uh, you know, and I appreciate you asking that question because, it, and it's not just education, but just across the board, you know, this industry has given us so much. And, and you know, even when COVID hit, we called a few of our clients and said, hey, you know, this business over here is drying up. And instantly they say, well, here, we'll hand you this business over here because we've earned this goodwill over time. And it works both ways. And so we we provide a great service and, and you know, our clients appreciate that. But more than just providing a great service, we want to give back in ways of uh, education uh, and hosting events and, you know, things just like this that we're, we're doing today. We want to be a part of the conversation and we want to help the collective whole grow. And, and I feel, you know, this is one way that we can give back. I mean, Lindsay, as you know, you've helped run and facilitate and stand up some of these things. You're the creator of our state of the industry report. And really, that was with the intention of having goodwill and allowing our title agents and our real estate attorneys that we work with every day to have a voice, to understand where are they getting their information and how are they truly dealing with the business that they have today? What challenges are they having? And how can we share that information across the board so people aren't just in their own side? silo in their own geographic region, they're understanding some of the challenges that the entire industry is facing. And we're all working together on how to solve for that. And I think one of the biggest things, not only through our education and adding value is that we've got a couple of um, strategic key players on our team that have joined committees, whether it's through October Research or FLTA or um, the Alta membership committee that I actually sit on. It's hearing those voices from vendors and underwriters and agents from all different aspects of the industry and bringing them together to say, what information could we provide today that would be really relevant to the challenges that people are experiencing across the board? Yeah. And, and a lot of times, you know, and there's no strings attached, you know, like we really do care about making the industry better about like making sure that everybody is, is, you know, learning and growing. And, um, we know what title agents are doing is so important. We also know that it's, it's really complicated stuff. It's hard to explain to some real estate agents. It's hard to explain to consumers. So we, we know we have the resources, you know, within our company to be able to create pieces that help other people understand. And we know that if we can give those to the title agents, then, then the real estate agents are more informed then the buyers and sellers are more informed. And it just kind of elevates the whole like home buying process for everybody. Uh, and then it's just kind of a small thing that we know we can do. So it's something that like, we're willing to bring, you know, to the table, to the industry, even if they don't order from us. So it's, it's always been something that's been my favorite part about like working here and like knowing that the two of you have always said like let's do it let's go for it you know at any time it's like hey here's this idea we think this might be helpful for people or might be valuable it doesn't matter if they're going to give us an order in return we really just care about um you know helping people do their jobs better and to grow you know so it's really and cool. to date we've yet to you know we offer um, continued education and continued legal education credits via our virtual webinars, as well as um, in the past, prior to COVID, we used to make the trips and and do them live and partner with um, integration partners and underwriters to provide that content as well. And we still do that today. And, and we've yet to charge um, for any of it because we know how difficult it can be for people to get their credits. And we, as a vendor and a partner in this industry, want you focused on finding, you know, new 
new realtors to do business with or closing more deals, not stressing out about where you're going to find um, the next continued education course that works with your schedule and what it's going to cost you and impact, you know, to your business. So I've absolutely loved that we've been able to do that as a company as well. Yeah. And to your point, Lindsay, I'll say too, is, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big book guy, as you both know, mm-hmm. and Zig Ziglar is one of my favorites. I got to meet him uh, when I was growing up in the entrepreneurial world. And one of his quotes on the wall in his office was, you can have everything in life you want if you will just help other people get what they want. And to me, it's, you know, it's again, that culture of giving back. But a lot of what we do is just to to help those in the industry uh, share those ideas and and communicate with each other. So. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, to your point, Becky, about the webinars, like those, obviously, we we put a lot of time and effort into those. And there's a lot of um, hoops we have to jump through to make it possible. But it's also helpful for us because a lot of those do kind of surround our, our the products and the services that we offer. And it, it, it's helpful. Not only is it nice for us to give something like this, but it's also in our interest to like have people be aware of what we're doing. So if you're like a title company and you're educating real estate agents on, you know, the title process, the closing process, you know, I mean, it's like you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. You're you're helping people interact better with you, um, but you're also giving them something like of of intrinsic value to them. Absolutely. And I think that at the end of the day, um, the education continues to trickle down. And, you know, the more people are aware of not only the products and services that we offer, but the importance behind them to protect the home buyers and sellers, you know, upon the transaction or closing day, that's what we're really here for. You know, we've said a million times, with everything that we do, we're forging our way towards a more simple and transparent process so that consumer is 100% protected. And if that consumer has been protected, that's the reputation of the title agent that helped do that. You know, we're looking to help at all different angles of that transaction and all of the people that touch at different points. The next thing I want to talk about is customer service. Uh, I know that, you know, coming on, Jesse, it was really important to you to set expectations for our employees, like around resolving customer issues and like, you know, how long someone has to wait and that sort of thing. Like what, what are some of those things when it comes to customer service? Why are those so important to you as a leader um, and to us as a company? Well, again, just straight up common sense, you know, my sarcastic comment at the beginning of this about uh, some of the cable services we had to deal with in the past and you know how they just don't care and and how frustrating it can be when you have to work around someone else's schedule and do things their way and, and it doesn't necessarily fit into the way you prefer to do business and again it's common sense we want to do business the way our clients uh, want us to do business we still have a couple of clients that are faxing in orders uh, we have people that email in orders we have uh, all the way up to full integrations and and we don't say no to anybody because that's the way they prefer to do business and they're the client and so we'll work around them and you know when it comes to customer service it's you know it's very simple you don't provide good service people are going to go somewhere else you know in the case of a monopoly like uh, perhaps the cable company in your town they don't necessarily have to care but at the end of the day that industry is changing too and, and you know we're seeing the world change around us and i think those companies that have built a great brand are going to be able to continue to change and adapt and and provide great customer service and and keep their customers and and that's certainly what you know, we strive to do here. 
we can all agree that the world has changed so much over the past couple of years where if a company promoted the fact that they were offering good customer service, you know, that was a value add. Whereas now it's 100% an expectation of anybody you're doing business with. Yeah. And if you're not providing good customer service, you're really not even an option because chances are you're going to get it somewhere else. And one of the things that I've absolutely loved about you, Jesse, from day one is that, you know, when training our sales teams and account managers and, and setting expectations for them about how we're going to manage our customers in our database, the reality is that you've always talked about communication being key. And it's like, even if we can't deliver on something, we're going to set the expectations on when we can. And just that we saw your message and we're working on it. I might not have the answer for you right now, but I'm going to tell you that I received this email and I am working on it. So you can move on to other things. And as soon as I have the answer, I'm going to get back to you. And I love that. Well, nothing worse than sending an email into a black hole and, and wondering if anyone even, even saw it. And those, those auto responders that, you know, anyone can set up to just say, we, we received your email. I mean, that's, that's better than nothing, but still having a, a real life person respond back that we're working on it. And, and, you know, we have a, a policy. We try to get back to, to emails within minutes. And so it's, yeah, that, and that's another thing too about customer service. If you don't provide great uh, customer service the way the client wants it, whether that's email or phone or uh, direct message or, or whatever, you know they're gonna, uh, you know, find someone else that's gonna give them the service the way that they want. And, and true too, I, I think the majority of people would prefer to do email support because it's quick and easy. They can shoot an email and move on to their next task. But if you don't get back to them, they're gonna call you and that wastes their time and yours. So it makes a lot of sense to focus efforts on uh, having people write at that inbox all the time so they can get right back and, and it keeps the phone from ringing and, and it keeps everybody happier. I totally agree. I think that over the course of time, what else has changed is that people have gotten used to instant gratification. Technology has definitely improved over the course of time. And so people want to find the answer online themselves. They want to take themselves through the journey. They want to find um, pricing or, or get their orders placed, you know, by just clicking a few buttons. And so I think that we've kind of transitioned both offering service available via email and over the phone to also providing that experience digitally. So whatever experience people want to have, that's what we're going to give. Yeah, a hundred percent. I was going to say, it's just it like wherever they are, like we, we know there are people who really do prefer to pick up the phone and talk to a, a human. We know that there are people who like to communicate via email. It's, it's all about really understanding your customers and how they like to um, interact with you and, and providing, you know, pathways for that to happen. And the other thing about customer service is like, this is one of the tenants, I think of like your brand that if it's done poorly can really come back and bite you, you know, um, because we know we just had a, a webinar where we were talking about how, when people are looking for other vendors to work with, they're always looking for recommendations. And like, that is the thing that people remember. They remember the experience that they had with you. And like, if, if they have a bad experience, they're, they're going to write bad reviews. They're going to, you know, tell people not to, to work with you. So it's, I would say one of the more important, I mean, I think all of these tenants that we're going to talk about today are equally important, but I would say it's probably one of the most important. One last thing I was going to say about customer service is just that the one thing 
that I've recognized in our organization is that the expectations we've set for serving our customers pours through the organization. And I think that people have the same respect for our coworkers and internal employees and cross-departmental communication and setting expectations and um, on deliverables and deadlines and communication. So it's um, it's really helped internally as well. Yeah, and I also wanted to bring up, I know every year, Jesse, and if you're not a customer of ours, maybe you've never seen this, but every year, Jesse asks our customers to just be completely candid and like give them, you know, their most honest feedback. Why is that something that you you do every year? Why is that something you decided to implement in your company? Well, I've done that my entire business career simply because I believe in giving every client a voice. And I, you know, I tell everyone, you know, my email is jesse at proplogics.com. My cell phone is 610-470-7137. You can email me, you can call me anytime. And, you know, I do ask that everyone goes through, you know, if you have a problem with support, you know, email support or call support. But certainly if, if our company is not providing for you if there's an emergency and, and nobody's responding if there's an issue you know you reach out to me directly and, and i'll help track down the right people and, and again the reason's not just I, I don't have the answers but i i know who to call and i can help find the answers and the other thing if you know it's an internal thing as well everyone knows that our customers have my email address they have my phone number so if they're just going to provide bad service i'm going to hear about it and that's not a good thing if i hear that we're providing bad service and you know fortunately i get a lot of really positive feedback when i send that annual email out and it's you know oh you guys are great and this and the other thing which is wonderful but i really am looking for that critical feedback that uh, you know, you just don't know. The worst thing, you know, you, you have a bad meal and you're walking out and the manager says, you know, was, did you have a good meal tonight? You just say yes, because you just want to leave and you don't really care. And, you know, I would I would hate if our customers just stop using us for some reason and they don't let us know, uh, because then we can't address it. We can't fix it. But if, if we do hear about it, it's an opportunity for us to learn and grow uh, from. And so we do appreciate all of that very candid and honest feedback. I think what's awesome about that is people in the industry know who you are. You've shown up to all of the conferences and trade shows for years. You've built relationships. You've gone to customers' offices. You get on the phone and, and you do talk to them about an issue or a positive experience if you are aware of it. And so I think that by building those relationships and taking the time out of your day and your life and really showing up and being part of this industry and uh, as this company, um, CEO, it's made a huge difference in providing the comfort to the customers and showcasing, hey, if you reach out to me, I'm going to do something about it. And it's no one ever gets in trouble. It's exactly to your point. This is your company. You want the best experience, not because anyone's going to get in trouble for it, but because you might not be aware of it. And, and it might be, you know, a broken window that's waiting to be fixed and you're able to do something about it once we're made aware. I love that email every year, not only for the positive feedback, but for the couple of things that we've been made aware of that we weren't and we've been able to work on fixing. We'll be right back. We know you love Title Talks, and did you know that PropLogix produces another show for real estate professionals like you? It's called Four Stories, and it's a weekly show where we share the four biggest stories in real estate that help professionals and lay people alike keep a pulse on what's going on in the industry. If you're interested, listen in by visiting proplogix.com forward slash four dash stories or searching for Four Stories by PropLogix wherever you listen to your podcasts. Title Talks is produced by PropLogix. 
At PropLogix, we partner with title professionals like you to relieve the pressures of the most repetitive and tedious closing tasks so you can focus on delivering a better experience to your customers. All you have to do is take those tasks off your list and put them on ours. Now back to our episode. Okay, so the last pillar that we wanted to talk about is treatment of employees, employee happiness, treating your employees right, and they'll serve your customers well. Why is treatment of employees such an important thing for a brand? There's a lot of answers to that question. I mean, very simply, it's it's the right thing to do. I mean, people that are happy will will work better. I mean, it's just common sense. And so by you know, providing a great place to work, a place that people will brag about that they have a job at, uh, I think is, is healthy for all of us. And it's, it's just smart business. But, you know, for me, I set out, again, parents' basement, 19 years old, I set off to, to start a software company. And, you know, it was all about making money, making money, making money. And then, uh, you know, a year or two into it, uh, one of my top employees bought the, his dream car. And, uh, and then shortly after that, people started buying homes and getting married. And these are folks, you know, in their early 20s that I had hired to, to come to work. And they were in their early 20s because those were the only people I could afford at the time. And so we were all just kind of figuring it out together. And what I learned was it wasn't about making money. The, the money was, you know, a byproduct of us uh, creating a, a fun work environment and a great place to work. And the real reward was seeing people uh work hard earn money and then use that money to improve their lifestyle so that's you know i kind of had this reflection at that time like i thought i was starting a business to make a lot of money when really i was starting a business to create opportunity for people that um you know want to do something they want to do it well they you know want to have extra money in their life to to live a better lifestyle and and they're willing to work hard for it and so just by creating that environment where people can come to work happily and and work hard knowing that they're providing you know a great service to great people in a, in a fun industry and you know they can sleep easy at night knowing they did the right thing i think one of our, our quotes too is you know we're saving deals not lives and and you know we we take ourselves seriously but not too seriously and 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 you know we uh provide that environment where people can thrive and and we treat them like human beings and we treat them with all the respect and appreciation that we would treat you know any of our friends or our family are and sometimes better than our friends and our family. So it's, uh, you know, to me, that's just, if you're going to wake up and get out of bed, you might as well love what you're doing. Yeah. I think the truth is that, you know, PropLogix really has become a family in our little departments, whether we're in person or remote. And I'll never forget one of the first Christmas parties that I attended, um, Jamie, who's one of the other co-founders and really great friends with Jesse, um, had seen one of our very first employees go from, you know, having her first job to then having kids. And at that party, she had shared with him that she had just purchased her first house. And he was like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe this. This is so amazing to watch her grow over the course of time. And it just goes to show, you know, a dollar in your pocket doesn't even compare to a dollar in somebody else's that you actually see come to fruition and build a family and a lifestyle. Um, so I really appreciated that our owners, uh, Jesse, you included, have continuously um, not taken money out of this company and they've invested every penny back into it uh, for a better future for all of us. And, and I think the employees recognize that and appreciate it. And it's a motivating factor that lends itself to employee happiness. But the other thing is that 
you know, employee happiness has changed over the course of time. It's not as easy as throwing after hours events because we're not all here in person. And in a remote environment, uh, people's life priorities have changed as well, whether it's been intentional or not. Maybe they don't have, you know, childcare as easily accessible or anything like that. So I think that, you know, in today's world, things like flexibility and um, transparency and communication, things like diversity, whether that be race or talent or age, whatever it may be, people are looking for those opportunities to work in a collaborative environment with other people that they feel are just as talented as they are and working towards a common goal. And I think that we've done a really good job as a company to recognize the transition and what employee happiness actually means. And I mean, Jesse, you've shared this since I worked from you and you lead by example, which is like, as long as the job is getting done, we're going to support our employees and and what they need to do and that the motivation should be you know your own and your responsibility to fulfill your role and if that means that you take a vacation then take a vacation and if that means that you have to answer a couple emails in the mornings and you have the rest of the day then you do that it's like whatever balance works for each individual we support and it really shows and how it motivates them on a day-to-day basis so we don't hire people that need to be micromanaged to me if you're hiring people like that then you're hiring the wrong people we hire people that are self-motivated that can uh do the job and we trust them to do the job and 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 when they don't because they don't i mean we have 420 employees now when you know we we don't always get it right and we we make adjustments quickly but uh i would say for the most part we've had a, a very successful track record at hiring great people that that we trust to just do their job and and do it well. And I think it shows in our product and and in our internal happiness score that we we track uh, with, you know, a system that we use internally to to get feedback from everybody in the company, anonymous feedback, and just let us know where things are going. And, you know, we hear good things and it means we're, we're hiring the right people and we're treating them right. I wanted to say you brought up transparency, Becky, earlier, and I wanted you to touch on that again. Yeah, absolutely. And Jesse can speak to this as well, but whether things are going great, which thankfully um, we've had some really good years, regardless of COVID or things aren't going that great, which in the beginning of COVID, we were all unaware of what the future looked like. We came together as a team. We constantly do. We share our financials with all of our employees on a monthly basis. We have huddles that are virtual every you know Tuesday and Friday where we communicate with our employees on different department updates and successes and challenges that we overcame and problems that we recognized that we're working to fix. We call things out um, and because we don't want people making assumptions. We, you know, if we have a leader leave, we explain why or we let them speak to it themselves. You know, there's things that are really incredible about a company that's not trying to hide anything because whether or not you think you're hiding something, uh, chances are the assumptions are worse and it's very clear to the employee that they're not being communicated with and things aren't transparent. Yeah. So transparency really does build like that trust internally with your employees. And like we all have heard probably many times before, like your employees are like some of your best advocates for your company as well in terms of not only hiring and recruiting people, but also treating your customers well and like letting people know, you know, what what your company is really about everyone's a salesperson, right? Regardless of what their position is in this company. I think transparency has has a lot to do with feeling like you're you're part of the whole. You feel like 
you're not only kept aware of what's going on, but also you really understand and believe like what the ethos of the company is and what what the overall goals are, which is cool. One of the things that Jesse said when we were talking about employee happiness is just that, you know, we want our employees to know that we truly care. And I think that more so now than ever, all of the different teams in the company are working closely with our people and culture department or human resources is what it might be defined as in other companies to really leverage some of the benefits that are offered as well. Coming out of COVID, we've recognized as a company that we have more mental health and also physical health issues, whether it's of the individual or of the family members of that individual. And so there's been a lot of support provided. And Tim, our president, and Jesse, they say all the time that First, you need to take care of yourself, then you need to take care of your family and work comes next after that. And I think through many individual examples and employees who have happily shared those examples and support that the company provided them through some personal challenging times, we've really showcased that we truly just put our employees first and it's not just lip service. A hundred percent. And you know, you, you can say all you want, but it comes down to what you do. And we've been tested time and again uh, with those unfortunate scenarios. And you know, I, a few of them are run through my head now. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's what matters most. And, and, you know, we, we firmly believe it and, and we, you know, put our money where our mouth is. Yeah, I think you were touching on earlier, Becky, talking about people working from home and like whether or not they had childcare, that sort of thing. One of like the most fun things about like working from home is like getting to see like you can see my dog behind me, but it's also just like kind of seeing like people with their kids in the morning on the huddle and that sort of thing. And like just kind of seeing like a kind of behind the scenes glimpse at other people's lives and the things that they're doing and knowing like I know we've got a lot of parents who work here who have that flexibility if kids are sick or if if they're sick and that sort of thing it's like it's it's just really cool to see that this remote work environment that that proplogic has adopted so quickly and so easily has really afforded a lot of individuals who may not be able to have an opportunity like this to to be able to work at a company where they have really good benefits like we have really great pto to have that normal schedule to have paid holidays i mean we all just had you know memorial day weekend you know so it's um it's it's really cool we're so focused on on individuals and like them putting themselves and their families first uh, and how that sort of pays off with loyalty and, um, you know, just generally, you know, doing a good job for the company. Absolutely. And I, I love that you see that. And I love that, you know, I, I hear it all the time internally from folks again through our review processes and everything so we're we're not perfect but we do the best we can and every year we reevaluate like and ask ourselves what's the most we can do this year and and certainly if you look at where we're at now versus seven years ago it's 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 leaps and bounds further but if you look at where we are now versus where i want to be we still have a long way to go and you know we'll just keep improving and and doing the best we can year after year do you guys have anything else, any other like little tips or tidbits about branding that you wanted to share with our audience? I think just making sure that branding is not defined as, you know, a logo or what you visually can see in association with a company. I think that we have gone through so many different tenants today that absolutely in one way or another impact the experience that a customer or an employee has with a company. And they're all just as important as the next. And so if I was to give anybody else advice, it would be to not only put some of these things into practice if you're not 
already, but to make sure that all of the employees understand the impact that they have on the company and that it's not just marketing who's responsible for branding. It's every touch point that anybody ever has. And so every employee not only needs to pay attention to how they're treating their coworkers, managing up and managing down, but also, you know, the customer is involved as well. Well said. Thank you guys for your time. I really appreciate you for sharing your insight to our audience. So thank you very much, Jesse and Becky. Oh, well, thank you both, uh, not only for this, but for everything you do for Profologics. So thank you both. Yes, thank you guys. This has been great. Thanks to Jesse and Becky for sitting down to share their knowledge. If you're interested in more resources on marketing your business, check out our blog at proplogics.com slash resources. Thanks for listening and happy closings.